0: We have some kind of Alicante sun this week, as you may know.
1: We have some some um, Manchester rainers. <laughs> you may not be aware that the weather it just been terrible last few days, and it's forecast to be the same today. Um,
0: and the rest of this week, it's absolutely teeming and raining at the moment. I think that one of the key promotion elements of From Kids to Champions: The History of the FA Youth Cup uh, is going to be with any number of you at these football times. Okay. The timing is great actually because we've just come to the end of the backlog of pre-recording ones, so we're looking at new ones for the next uh, couple of months, so this perfect timing. There's still There's so many books. A couple out on pitch. I spoke to a lad called Aidan Williams just last oh, week. Aidan,
1: yeah. I'm reading his book at the moment.
0: It's really good. Had you already picked him up on any errors in the Holland chapter? No.
1: I t- mean, hmm. um, no, 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 it happens. I-, I tend not to do that sort of thing. I haven't noticed anything outstanding, I should say, but.
0: If I had, I'd sort of be very careful because I don't want people to say fix things out of mind. Well, you're quite right. Well, I think that he has read yours and used it as evidence, as a jumping off point for him. Aidan's book is about the nearly men, whereas this book, Gary, your latest, is about Chelsea's unlikely Champions League triumph. Now, what I want to do is push everyone to listen to the These Football Times recording. Which is being okay. done tomorrow, and I guess will go out the day before the book comes out next month? The book's
1: available for pre order at the moment on Amazon, so it probably will go next week or the week after. I'm not really sure. I tend to leave that sort of thing to uh, to Omar and um, and the technical people.
0: Ah, well, this will go out on April the 6th. What will you, Gary Thacker, be doing April the 6th in the evening?
1: What did Chelsea play Real, play Real Madrid once, are they? And, uh, Let's so hope we got the same sort of result as we had last year when we played them. And uh, they had um, a for a, a, a Spanish newspaper over here about La Liga, so I I'd get quite a bit involved with La Liga. And obviously uh, at the weekend they played um, Barcelona and uh, El Clásico at uh, Bernabeu. And Barcelona. Barcelona tore them to pieces. So uh, Real Madrid are a, a really funny side at the moment. They're coasting away with the league title and then nine points clear at the top of the league at the moment. Uh, but I think that's more to do with the paucity of challenges
0: rather than to do with the exceptional performance that they have It's a Yeah, it's a fun time to be Real Madrid because they know that they're going to get Mbappe in July. So they're kind yeah. of reserving a place for him. And, and yeah. what I want to do in this discussion about the book, which is out of the blue, Chelsea's unlikely Champions League triumph, uh, is to be more philosophical, only because I know that you'll be talking about Chelsea and um, 2012, because that's the time we're spooling back to. Because what you do with these football times, you have a book, Stag Do. Uh, I've had you in here twice before. We know of what you do. Uh, but I do just want to test your knowledge uh, in order to bring listeners up to speed with exactly what Chelsea did when they won the Champions League for the first time. They've won it again since.
1: Indeed. And- I mean, don't have a bit of time with you, so for the books to come out. Know, just haven't repeated the
0: feat as well. Surely they can't win it again. If you were to rank Chelsea out of the eight teams that are left in the competition, would Chelsea be in the top two as most likely team to win it?
1: If I can't put my life on the teams to win it this year, it would probably be, in this order, Man City, Liverpool, Bayern, Chelsea.
0: Ah, so you think that Chelsea will beat Real Madrid, but will come unstuck against, let's say, Man City. That's, that's probably... I mean, we
1: beat Manchester in the final last, last year, so, I mean, you never say never, and Tuchel's got a great um, record against uh, Guardiola at the moment. If they're at their best, and we're at our best, they'll win. In the final last year, they weren't at their best, and a lot of that was down to the, the team and tactics that Guardiola selected, which seemed a bit obtuse at the time, but, you uh, know, I'm, I'm not
0: complaining. He played Gundawan uh, at centre-forward?
1: No, he struck the midfield, basically, and uh, he, he took the sort of the, enforcer of the midfield, and basically, Chelsea just dominated the midfield, and... Uh, it was difficult they only changed it afterwards for them to get back into the game and for the well, we, were, we were the better team in that in that, that, um, in that uh, final but as I say if they play their best and we play our best they'll probably beat us but you know just going to hope that that doesn't happen and uh, yeah I mean I think City and Liverpool are probably the best two teams in Europe at the moment and uh, they um, I've slipped down a little bit just of late but uh, I still
0: think that I'd be concerned if we play in them as well Yeah. Any, Although, as with the FA Cup, any team can beat anyone else on any given day.
1: Yeah, quite nice. As, as happened last year, as I
0: said, yeah? Yeah. Well, as happened in 2012. Because uh, what I'll do is I'll start with some questions and some numbers, and then we'll just see where it goes. Because, Gary Thacker, you, you are an old hand at this sort of thing. Lest we forget you've written the book on uh, beautiful bridesmaids dressed in orange. That was the big one what you wrote yeah. about the Dutch yeah. team of the 1970s. Uh, yeah. And you followed that up, what was it? I had two fiction books come out, yes. uh,
1: basically, to, 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 uh, to call, one, The first one was called, um, Gams, fly, the second one was called, a whole new ball game, which was a sequel to the first one. So those two books uh, came out, and then Chelsea won, obviously, is to April the 11th. And I've literally, just before we sort of connected, I've uh, finished the first draft of my, Next book, which would be the uh, AX teams of the other
0: 70s. That's the one, um, that's yes. That will
1: be out in, uh, in my, uh, I hope, my 2020
0: spring. As with people like Wayne Barton, there are serious football writers who are able to go uh, waist-deep in the sea of football literature, and it's lovely that you've come to drop off out of the blue, Chelsea's unlikely Champions League triumph. And it was unlikely... I was watching it in Rice Reislet with my friend Elliot, and I was watching the final, and I could not believe that Bayern Munich didn't win that game. Even though you're partisan, 10 years on, can you still believe that you yeah. won that game? I mean,
1: it's, it's, it's crazy, um, Johnny. I mean, basically, um, I, 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 I made this point in the book, that this is the most unlikely of all Champions League triumphs. I mean, Liverpool coming back against, uh, I see my lad, 3-0 down, and then, you know, after the qualified, the of Limpio Arcos. Man United coming back right against Bayern. But were four or five games in Chelsea's were where they were going out, and they had no right to be in the final, and they had no right to win the final. I mean, Bayern must have had oh, two dozen chances. Gomez has scored a handful of goals that season, but he, he had to keep his boots to the wrong feet they the game against, uh, against Chelsea, and they missed so many, he missed a penalty, as well, um, so they missed so many chances, uh, in the final, and as I have to say, we shouldn't have got there, Barcelona, absolutely obliterated Chelsea, across the two legs, I think they had something like, 70% possession, and even, previous to that, Napoli, we were 3-1 down Napoli, should have gotten 4-1 down, You've actually Colin, and cleared him off the line, and then, got back to the, uh, got back to Stamble Bridge, and did turn it round, and then conceded, had to go into extra time, and then, Benfica, they had lost a game at home for about three years We won there, they think are on the way and then when you throw it away in the home leg so many ridiculous things happen in that run the final is probably, well, along with the Barcelona game are, are, are the most extraordinary games of football I've ever watched in my life forget watching Chelsea they're just the most ridiculous examples of games of
0: football they were and we will talk about all of those games but when Thomas Muller scored the goal in the 83rd minute of the final. How many attempts had Bayern already had in the game? Do you want some options? Yeah, go on. 16, 21, or 26? 21. No, Muller's attempt was the 27th of the game. Jeez. How many corners did Bayern Munich have?
1: I uh, know we only had one, which was the one when Trump to ahead of the equaliser. So.
0: That's quite right. Uh,
1: probably 18 or 19.
0: Yeah, really good. 20, it says in your okay. book. How many Chelsea fans were at the final to the nearest hundred? Oh, God. I no Officially. Idea, no, I
1: don't know. So, 6,500? No, 17,500,
0: and a 17,500, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Did it feel like yeah. 17,500 yeah. were partying after the game?
1: I wasn't there. I should say I wasn't there. But I've spoke to lots of fans who were. And um, they say how... Um, what I'm looking for, how sort of courteous and how sort of um, nice the Bayern Munich fans were after the game. You know, if you were seeing your team go through that situation, your home ground and should have won it, um, you know, I mean, you'd probably walk away feeling pretty solemn, But apparently, I mean, two or three of the guys I spoke to said how uh, how pleasant the, the Bayern fans were afterwards. But yeah, I mean, the, the party must have gone on for quite a while. Um, I've got, as you, as you know from the book, I've got um, in, in interviews with five or six chances of fans who were there. And, uh, I mean, the feeling after the game is, is I think the only thing that exceeds the joy is the disbelief.
0: That's what I get from the book. And that's the game. Two teams can win. It's not necessarily the one who have 20 corners and 35 shots. who (laughs) do. Now, as with Barcelona, Bayern did not take their chances. Whose goal was ruled out in the second half of normal time? Uh, Ribéry. Rebury. Uh, I think it's I awesome. just about remember that. I do. Yeah, I definitely remember the Drogbar goal, um, yeah, oh yeah. which was <laughs> sensational. And Drogbar will get a lot of love in the next month or so because we should say the game's anniversary was May 19. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few few PR
1: plans for the, for the for the anniversary of the game, that's, anniversary. Of
0: the game. That's what. Pitch can do, and we're not going to talk about the fact that it's not going to be sold in the gift shop because that's well. Again, we don't know what's going on. There might well be new owners of your football well, club, but I think so. By that time, yeah, I think so. The, the sooner this is sorted, the better because um, it's not cricket uh, to have it, and uh, it's not rickets. I can tell you that much. Um, Chelsea had what percentage of the ball? in the second leg against Barcelona was it 23 28 or 50?
1: Oh, near 50 oh they're 50 I have say 23 you've asked me to guess I've just said something like 17 or 18 so I'll say
0: 23 I think because goalkeepers holding on to the ball for, um, counts. for kick-ins counts a lot it was 28% yeah. Barcelona had oh. 22 chances in that game how many were on target 5, 10 or 15
1: not that many not that many. I'd say five,
0: which is astonishing, uh, considering <laughs> that John Terry had been sent off, Gary Cahill had been subbed, and I put it to you that it was actually ten against twelve because of the fans <laughs> at Barcelona.
1: Yeah, I've been to the, the new camp several times. And it's a bit of a cauldron especially in big games, and you know the, 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 the sort of fans can sort of intimidate officials. That happens at lots of grounds. Um, but that's you know when you've got 110,000 people in the ground, it's 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 a big uh, it's a big thing. And the referee, the Turkish referee, and I think it was on his fourth or fifth uh, Champions League fixture. It's a big game to throw him into. and early in the second half, Jugper tackled Fabregas, and Fabregas goes down and gets pelted. And after the game, Fabregas said to admitted to drug, but it was a dive. A, you know, it's a big game. I had to go down. Can't argue with that. I mean, you know, if you if if anybody says that their team wasn't going to play, it falls down. Occasionally, I think you probably would in club. Well, they I would have say... done
0: things, have changed now. What with video?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've seen the video, and it's difficult to discern, to be honest with you. You can't, I, I can't, I can't tell what it's. it's I only sort of say what I say because I've seen the quote from uh, Fabregas. Yeah, um, if, if I haven't seen that, it looked like it looks like a penalty instead so of understand to keep them. But, um, but yeah, there you go, and of course, Messi, all the games he played against Chelsea across the years, hadn't. Um, had never scored. And uh, Czech had, uh, was sort of saying that he, he knew this was the case, and he was determined not to make it easy. He didn't want to dive or throw, you know, commit to one side so Messi could sort of tap into the other side of the, of the net. And if you look at the video, as Messi runs up to take the kick, he's got the bulk of the ball, but he looks up at the last minute to see where Czech is. And Czech didn't move. Um, so basically, he tried to just wire just, just into the middle, I suppose, and he hit the bar. and if
0: scored against Chelsea. Petr Cech comes out so well from this book. I think if Peter Schmeichel hadn't already stolen my love of he being the top, toppest goalkeeper, Cech he never did anything wrong. He's a drummer. He's a very smart man. He moved, it came from Wren, little fancy yes. Wren, and he is now a Chelsea man. And I think that his last few weeks have been very difficult. Certainly, his last eighteen months, what with the <laughs> pandemic and with the Super League, yeah. have been as yeah. well. But in the same way, that isn't Paulo Ferreira still at the club as a loan manager?
1: Uh, it might well be. Um, yeah, I know it was for a while, and there's another guy who's been there for a long, long time. He is yeah. like He's the goalkeeper now. And it's interesting thing about Czech uh, when we so signed uh, uh, Edouard Mendy, he also came from Red, and it was Czech's recommendation to sign uh, Mendy after we. we Lashed world record. To be honest, um, um, Aretha Balaga. Um, Aretha Balaga, yeah. And and uh, as I say, it's one of two great stellar goalkeepers we've had
0: from Ren. And interestingly, the under eighteen's goalkeeper, whom I write about in my book, which I'm not here to talk about, that is out in May, Prince Adegoke, black, uh, yeah. black goalkeeper, and this is really. Intrigue. Certainly dark-skinned black goalkeepers. There haven't been many of those. So, Edouard Mendy doing himself... Well, Champions League winner, Edouard Mendy. Yeah. Doing amazingly. Yeah. Um, then, yeah. in, at the new Camp, this happened. This could be
1: the most dramatic
0: story of the season. It's Torres oh. to give-
1: I said the last eighteen months have just been forgotten in two seconds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, cl- it's a classic moment, isn't it? You know, in, in football, and I sort of watched it so many times, and it sort of makes me smile every time I watch it. And, you know, Torres had a terrible time at Chelsea. I mean, he, he was at, at Liverpool, and was probably, if not the best, certainly one of the best strikers in Europe at the time. Came Chelsea, and on the way down the M6 from Liverpool to London, he, he put this cement overcoat on, and. and Buttoned it up and forgot to take it off. And he played. He played so hard. Oh, know, I mean, there was talk about him having the injury as well.
0: Something in the book that I learned is that the end of his Liverpool career bled into the start of his Chelsea career. He came it, as a striker it, off form. Did you notice that? Yeah,
1: it, it did. Yeah, and it was just a commitment that Broombridge got in his mind, and he wanted to sign um, Torres, and that he, all logic goes out the window at those sort of times. It was on a bit of a decline, as you say, when he came. But, but in that moment, he got an amazing record playing for uh, Atleti, uh, Atletico Madrid against, uh, against Barcelona. And he scored in something like 75% of the games he played at Camp Nou, something like that. And um, when he got that, when the ball was... in it was a strange situation because at this stage, obviously, time was running out. And Di Matteo had got um, his two forward playing as like auxiliary four-backs. So they were playing like a, a, a 4 five zero 0. Uh, he charged tra- the ball and tried to run, a, run, a, run a, the ball out and lost it. And instead of dropping back, he just carried on jogging upfield. And the ball got, got sort of smashed into the area. And Ashley Cole uh, chested there and back just to eat as much time as he could, hitched as far down the park as, as he could. And then there, you see Torres trotting forward. And there was nobody else in the screen. And all of a sudden, the confidence of him being. You know, Fernando Torres playing at the Camp who he scored so many goals and upset the cool so many times. And he knows Victor
0: Valdez so that. well from his time at Spain. Oh, yeah.
1: absolutely. And he, he, he never looked like missing. Never looked like missing. Amazing moments.
0: I remember exactly where I was. Uh, Richard, my brother, was working at Citibank at the time and he invited me to a posh place in Canary Wharf to watch the game, just thinking, well, Barcelona or Muller, Chelsea? And stats-wise, yeah. they did, but... As we just learned, we were there and and I I think I just went Torres, 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 just as a kind of baffled (laughs) bewilderment and Chelsea were through. Never let it be said uh, that Chelsea were not transformed uh, on the pitch because we know how much money the owner put in and we now know where that money came from. Terry famously didn't play in the 2012 final, but he did get dressed up in order to lift the trophy. Um, it's not fair to kick a man while he's down. But there were four figures who played in both finals. Who's your favourite? It has to be Lampard, I would say. And just on that point about Terry and being sort of dressed in, in kids, it was a
1: directive that came from FIFA that if a player wanted to be involved in uh, collecting the trophy, they'd have to wear kids. Uh, Morales and uh, Ramirez also were wearing four kids. Uh, but nobody mentions that. Okay. Um, because, but obviously, isn't Terry. Now, I understand that Terry's a bit of a sort of a little hype figure if it's Chelsea or it probably Chelsea
0: 2012 was a big year for John Terry because he'd done something against QPR. And we'll get, we'll get, we might get to that in the second half, depending on how far we've yeah. got through it. But yes, Czech, Cole, Lampard, and Drogba. started both finals. Two players scored penalties in two finals, who I think uh... were Cole and Lampard. That's right, that's correct, yes, yeah. Because it couldn't be Drogba, because in 2008 he'd been a silly billy. Does it not show that there's a kind of three-act structure in Didier Drogba's career? Couldn't this well have been Drogba out of the blue?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, I guess so. And he's on the front cover, actually, of the, uh, of the book. The reason Terry had to take that last penalty was because Drogba wasn't there. Um, it got sent off and... A stupid reaction, and he's got a bit of a rare with with uh, Nemanja Vidic I'll say like, slap mean, I'm sure it didn't hurt him, but you know, once you get back to your thing, you put yourself on up and the referee sent him off. The 2012 final was uh, a redemption for, um, for Drogba. You, you know, you, you, say, you can sort of say about fate occasionally in these, in these things, and, and when he scored the, the winning penalty, um, it was his last kick as a Chelsea player because his contract was up, although he did return for a, a season. Few years later, but um, it, it was almost like something was fated to happen. Uh, it's just another one of those ridiculously crazy stories that, that sort of circulate around this, um, not only the final, but also, as I say, the one to the, the, the final, the, the whole Chelsea season was crazy. You know?
0: The other crazy fact is that Drogba never scored when Torres was on the pitch. No, that's true. It's a situation at the moment in, in, with France. Of gifted forwards. So you've got um, Griezmann
1: and uh, Mbappe. And they're playing, they're playing both those together and it's basically they've stopped scoring. Now, when Mbappe plays with Giroud, Giroud's happy to be the guy who does the work. He'll score in a casual goal, but he'll do the, the sort of workhorse for the other guy. Now, with, with Mbappe and Griezmann, um, they both want to be the guy who scores the goals. So you can't, you know, it doesn't work. Somebody doesn't work. And that was the same with Terry, with. Um, uh, Drogba and uh, Torrès. Now, when Anelka played with uh, Drogba, Anelka played was was prepared to play a little bit deeper, so almost like a, a, a like a, a false nine almost. Um, and that allowed Drogba more play because Drogba's better off as a as a as a, as a long striker. So you you have, you have two.
0: I mean, and Torres wasn't at his best at those times, but you have two great players that don't sometimes don't work. That is right, and I loved Johnny Northcroft's line. It was sixty percent Chelsea, forty percent Drogba. So Drogba yeah. had about two fifths of the impact of that, and it was—it's the Drogba final, and it should be known as the Drogba final. And yet, it should have been Müller's final, uh, Bayern Munich. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, eventually did win in 2013 in London, having failed to win the, what did they call, the home final?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was against uh, Dortmund, it wasn't against Fox Dortmund, I think it's 2013,
0: yeah. Yeah. It was a big thing, but I've got a, I had a conversation with Bobby uh, Hesse's top, top guy,
1: top guy, spent a lot of time chatting with the about it, and sort of, um, and, um, quotations from his book there, and this, this home final become an obsessive thing for Bayern, and it almost, almost overtook the importance of winning the game. That winning the home final was bigger than winning the Champions League. If that's doesn't sound too stupid, and I think that the, the pressure they were under in that final probably contributed to the, the amount of um, lack of form, finishes for want of a better description. In as much
0: as you know, as I say, Gomez has got a hackle of goals, and in that game, the chances he missed—I mean, you know—it's one of those when he's saying, "I'm, um, you know, my cat could have scored and just—I oh, haven't even got a cat." Harsh but fair, but you you prepare for these big games. Bashti yeah, Feinsteiger, yeah. a German, knows that his uh, penalty-taking skills are great. He's seen his goalkeeper score. That was... I, I'd forgotten that. Although, as soon as you mentioned it in the book, I did remember that Manuel Neuer had yeah. taken the third one. What did you think when he stepped up for that one?
1: Uh, well, he I, I hadn't taken penalties before. But Neuer has got this sort of um, confident swagger about him. Now, whether that's affected or real, I don't know. But you, you could think oh, he's going to bury this. But he's also got this thing when when he's facing a penalty goal, he, and he, he's, he's just driving up the ball. He jumps onto the crossbar and rattles the crossbar. Now, whether that's, that's some kind to of intimidate the taker, I, I, I suppose it is. But I don't know why the referee lets him do it because if the guy taking the penalty. Walked past him and racked the crossbar, the referee would have something to say. So I don't know why he gets away with it, but that's the sort of player he is, and you know, he's sort of his his confidence sort of is part of his intimidation of the guy he's facing in a, in a one-on-one situation. I think Czech said that um, Neuer was the only because he studied all. I mean, as you do these days, obviously the preparation, as you mentioned, his intense. on the flight from uh, London to uh, to Germany, he, he'd watched. I can't remember what he said, but lots of German penalties, so he knew. So he could get an idea of where... Every
0: players put, so. Bayern penalty from the previous five years, he knew that Schweinsteiger yeah. would wait just before yeah. hitting the ball, which is why he was able to stand up and save that fifth penalty. Um, yeah. But that's great coaching. And it was Jupp Heinkes who was the manager, who eventually did win the the following season. But very experienced coach. He must have been tearing his luscious hair out because his team, they they made all the chances. They should have won that game. But this unlikely Champions League triumph, funded by one and a half million pounds written off as equity. Did I say million? Billion. But let's not get into that uh, because that may well be gotten into in the These Football Times podcast, which has already gone out four out of the blue which is Gary's book, which we will continue to talk about in the second half. Uh, but I just wanted to ask you about the Fallas Fiesta, quickly. Yes. Which you said, you told yeah. me you were going there. This is a spring festival in honour of St. Joseph. And it was in, is it in Valencia? It okay, San
1: Jose. It's basically, um, it, it comes from a pagan festival. At these first day of spring, they used to have uh, had candle holders, because obviously it's days before electricity, to light and heat the houses. And the first day of spring, they burned the candle holders as a sort of celebration of the spring deriving. And from that, it developed into... They, and they, they had little caricatures of people, of uh, the landlords or the, the sorts of um, the grandees, and burned them, and it grew and grew into this, this the phallus that we have now. And so they had these magnificent... Um, come the uh, statues made out of maché and flammable uh, material, and they burned them at the end of the night um but it's been it hadn't happened for the last two years because of the pandemic and um, so because obviously this is the first one valencia was an absolute crazy city but it teamed down with rain so much of the time we were there but they weren't put off, and you know some of the parades they have there was uh, were absolutely amazing. The fire parade, it's brains
0: out. I'd never heard of it, so I'm well, glad I looked it up. It seems like uh, Brazil is too far away, uh, so why not go to Alicante,
1: but, but yes, it is very much of that sort of ilk. It's a, bit, it's a bit crazy, but that's great. And you know the bars are open late, and people are, they're dancing in the streets and. There's religious elements to it about the flower parades. And there must have been tens of thousands of people taking these flowers to this massive statue of the build of the Virgin in the, in the, uh, the cathedral in, uh, in Valencia. Oh. I mean, staggering, staggering occasion.
0: I'm so glad you got uh, in the spirit. I got in the spirit for this discussion, knowing that you're in Spain. I had a siesta yesterday because it was 18 degrees. Oh. Um, I'd got up really early, uh, had a lie down at about four, put some music on, boof. Fell asleep, I woke up just in time and I finished reading out of the blue Chelsea's unlikely Champions League triumph by Chelsea fanatic Gary Thacker, more from whom in the second half.